You're listening to Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast number 64. Thomas Miller here. Thank you for joining us. We are rolling on down kind of a theme that we're carrying into 2015. And this this podcast, I wanted to, more than anything, encourage you about conscious living. And of course, that's in contrast to unconscious living. And it's just, it's been with me the last couple of weeks that most people probably live somewhat or mostly unconsciously. And I'll tell you what I mean by that in just a minute. And I had a bit of a wake-up call, and that's why it precipitated this podcast, because for the last week, I've been extremely busy, a lot of demands at work, traveling, and I realized I just found myself back in that reactive responding mode and not really guiding my life. So that's my definition of unconscious living. And I wanted to turn it around and just remind myself and you too to live consciously. Now, this is the difference between living a deliberate and a guided life versus, like I said, reacting and responding. And this is what Fred Dodson talks about in much of his work. And that's why I suggest, I've suggested over and over, get the audiobooks, get the trilogy at least, Reality Creation Technique, Parallel Universes of Self, and Levels of Energy. Those are the best supplements that I could offer you to these podcasts. But to retract my story a little bit, we haven't done it for a while. Some of you are listening to these from iTunes, and this might be the first place you've stopped. You really get the context of this whole series if you go back to the beginning and start from the beginning. But I lived for almost 47 years, and as I look back on it, was almost unconscious From this standpoint, it's not that I didn't plan and didn't execute. I mean, I had my own business for almost 20 of those 40 years. I had, I got married a couple of times and had kids. I owned houses during that time. One of them was very nice. I was successful by most terms, but I was just mostly going through the motions. I wasn't guided by an inner compass and I wasn't following intuition. And remember, we're talking about three main things for 2015, three themes, intention, intuition, and then setting aside resistance. And it dawns on me that most of us probably don't live our lives this way. I can tell you for sure, had I been, there would have been several things that I knew of at the time that I either shouldn't have gotten into or that I should have gotten out of a long time before I did. And I would have made those adjustments give you an example of this. Now, this is just how do you get in touch with your intuition? And we're going to talk about that in here. I've been, uh, I've been a little bit reluctant to, uh, to go in depth on this because I think everybody gets in touch with their intuition in different ways. There's one particular way that I use, and I'll explain it in a few minutes. I was down in Houston this week, and I've been attracted. I, there's just been this attraction of wanting to go to Galveston, coastal city, and uh, spend a weekend down there. Not a long time, but just to go hang out in Galveston for a little while. Well, before I left Houston, I checked in with intuition, should I stay in Galveston over the weekend? And it came back a very clear no. Now, sometimes you will, you're okay to listen to intuition, <laughs> and sometimes you want your own outcome. And intuition says something opposite of what you would really prefer to do. I was neutral on this. I really didn't care. One way or the other, should I, should I not? It was kind of a straight-up question, and, you know, I'd be willing to go either direction. 
clearly it came back no. So I made the arrangements necessary and got myself back according to schedule on Friday afternoon. Well, the weather map this morning, if you look at the Houston radar, the whole area is inundated by rain all weekend long. So if I had stayed, I would have spent you know a good bit of money renting a car and renting a hotel and food on the road, etc., and would have sat in the rainstorm. And you know, if you've ever been to Houston, it rains almost anyway because you're always sweating down there. It's one of the most humid places in the world. And when it rains in Houston, it's really humid. I mean, it's just moisture everywhere. And so that how fun would that have been? And then, of course, flights would have been screwed up trying to get out of there because a lot of the rain was heavy. And see, there's intuition just guiding you when you're open and willing to do whatever. Just let intuition speak and then do what it says. Checked in on another thing that uh, I've wa- I've been thinking about some travel plans and I was checking in should I travel during a certain month and 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 the intuition said no. Now that one kind of went against my crawl a little bit because I like to push things and and I've got a little window here coming up that I could go do some traveling and the clear answer was no. So what you have to do in those situations is just be willing to do what intuition says. And that's where I was saying is that's living a conscious life. That's that's getting in touch with your higher self and asking the question, what is the highest and best good for me in this situation? And then when intuition becomes clear, doing what it says. See, for most of my adult life, I didn't do this. And this is why I think it's ultra important. If you're a parent of young kids, it is so critical to learn and understand how this works and this information because you are programming that child. You're actually programming a little computer like we've talked about here. That's the subconscious mind. And you as a parent have the highest and biggest influence on that life at these critical ages, especially if you have kids uh, from well, birth really up to 14, 15, those are the years where the programming takes place. And I'll tell you, some of the most critical years of those are the ages around 10 through 14, especially for boys. That's a very vulnerable age for kids. I had somebody very wise tell me one time that a lot of a man's adult life is is shaped by those years of 10 to 14. But I didn't do that, and I had so many other influences in my life programming me at that time that didn't involve intuitive practices. And I didn't understand. I didn't know. It was a lack of knowledge that we could literally create what we wanted and then get ourselves in a certain vibratory connection, the law of attraction, and literally you can draw things into yourself automatically. What I did and my programming came from being mostly operating from a force-counterforce position. So things would come at me, and I would just try to exert enough force, generally in the opposite direction, where they were either deflected or thwarted, or at least I inflicted enough damage from my counterattack that both parties were left wounded and hurting. And that's how I live my life. It's kind of the model I learned growing up, and it was what I perfected as an adult. It's kind of sad, isn't it? I mean, to to not know something can really cost you. I I've, have just come to adore this gym where I'm working out. It's in downtown Dallas. 
It's been there for 52 years. Not one thing has changed in this gym in 52 years. And I'll tell you, it hasn't been dusted or cleaned up either. I guess everybody exercising and walking around in there just takes care of that. The proprietor, it's called Doug's Gym. You can look it up on the internet. It's just the coolest place in the world. Doug is 85 years old. He's the most, he's one of the wisest people I've ever had. I like hanging out in there just listening to Doug talk because when he gets off on some kind of a tangent, you're going to learn something from this guy. But he also has forgotten more about exercising than most people today know. And he's a phenomenal trainer and coach. And I'm already in much better health after just being there for merely two months. Well, I've lived in Dallas for 32 years. And for a good chunk of that, I lived not too far down the road from Doug's gym and never knew it was there. And I just think about what would my physique be like? What would my physiology be? What would my muscle strength, my cardiovascular strength, what would all of that be if I had found out about Doug 32 years ago? It would be a total game changer. Well, it's the same thing here. That's why when you listen to Bob Proctor, he talks about studying this material. And that's one of his points of emphasis. He says that you know, he's studied this material since the, since the 60s, basically. Because when you can learn how the universe works, then things will happen for you with virtual mathematical precision. Well, as you know, after about three decades of counterpunches and just struggling to, in essence, fight my way through, I basically hit bottom when my second marriage failed. And that's what caused me personally to stop and find a different course. I was reminding somebody this past week of that Seinfeld episode where George, it's, it's, you can search it up, it's Seinfeld Do the Opposite. And it's a little three-and-a-half-minute clip, but it's so funny, and it illustrates the point perfectly. George doesn't like the way that things are going in his life, and so the suggestion is, hey, why don't you just turn it around and do the complete opposite of what you would normally do? And he does. They're in, a re- they're in the restaurant. They're in the diner, and he orders a different sandwich and different salad and the whole thing. And you'll have to search it up and look at it. It's a, it's a wonderfully funny reminder that sometimes the best way to go if you don't like what you got is just turn it around and completely do the opposite and you'll get a different result well i basically had to retool everything and of course that's where you reach the point when the student is ready then the teacher appears. And that's when I found things like, first of all, Landmark Education and then The Secret Science of Getting Rich by Bob Proctor. I was looking for that. I used to have it on the website where you could just uh, click a download link and, and go to it and buy that program. The last I knew, the Mind Valley people had it, but I don't see it online anywhere now. And that's a real tragic loss. I don't know. Maybe Maybe uh, old Thomas will have to try to figure out how to recreate that because if they aren't promoting that anymore and it's not available, it, it was a to me was just a tremendous resource. And it seems like every time I listen through it, I learn something new. Now it does promote the secret a lot, and I know the secret for some people is um, you know it's kind of at this point maybe a little bit worn out. And it was uh, there was a lot of promotion of the secret in there because of course the three primary people who did. The Science of Getting Rich program, Bob Proctor, Jack Canfield, and Michael Beckwith were all featured in the movie The Secret. But that all of that opened up for me just a whole different way of thinking and being. And then I got coaching where I really got my butt kicked and it started to grind these things into my innermost being. 
here lately, I've gone back and been reviewing the science of getting rich. Haven't listened to it for quite a while. And I just realized there is so much great information in there. And it's just you really can't ever stop learning this material. So what I learned was that we are given creative ability. And even coming up from my fundamental religious upbringing, that matches exactly how we were trained, except for one point. And that is God, if we're made in the image of God, which is what it says in the book of Genesis, what did God do? What was the very first thing we see God doing when he shows on the scene in the first book of the Bible? He's creating. And all of a sudden, I mean, I was taught that 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 ended. Once the universe was created, that stopped. That's so far from true. We are indeed made in God's image, and we do have the same creative ability. And really, it's almost along the same lines. We can picture something in our mind. We can see it visually as though it already exists, and we can get in vibratory sync with that image and speak it as God spoke and the world was created according to the Genesis account, we can then speak and draw things into our lives. I'm seeing that at work right now. I'm actually seeing somebody. It's the most amazing thing. I wish I could share the details with you. I can't. But somebody at my office is attracting things into their life with literally zero effort at all. Now, that's the law of the universe. That's where it becomes scientific. When things just come to you because you're in a vibratory alignment with those things, it's it becomes, like I said, it's almost mathematical. You always will get four when you add two and two. Gravity always works. And these principles work, too. They are always on. Problem is, we just don't understand them and don't know how to use them. This is what I'm speaking of when we say living consciously. But most of us, here's the problem, most of us don't stop long enough to spend the time to create our lives. So this was the reminder, busy week for me might be something else for you. You know, the boss wants something now, the kids are screaming, the family needs this and that, client moves a deadline up, and we end up just feeling like a ping pong ball. And that's where you have to just stop. Because when you're in the throes of that, then you it's so quick and so easy to get in the reactionary mode. And life does not have to be that way. But you have to be able to get to the point where you again become a creator. How do you do that? Well, we've talked about it in so many ways. Do you have a journal? Do you use it every day? If you have a journal and your last entry was last summer, then you don't have a journal. You have to get a journal and keep a document of your life. And the other thing about writing is there is just something connective to with the universe. When you write something down, it has a way of, of accelerating that into fulfillment. It just it goes back to the old uh, little game that you can play on New Year's Eve where you write something down that you would like to see fulfilled by next New Year's Eve, throw that in an envelope, put it in the drawer, open it up next year, and probably about 80% of the things that you wrote down will have come about. Same thing with journaling. That's why you journal. Do you spend time in the morning or in the evening before you go to bed meditating and praying whenever it fits for your schedule? But is that a daily practice? 
If it's a once in a while practice, then again, you're living reactively, not consciously. Do you get in touch with your subconscious mind and find out what issues it has for you? We've talked about in that in some of these last few podcasts. Do you connect with your spirit and listen for that still, quiet voice deep inside and then follow what it says? Do you spend time envisioning what you want, creating it in your mind, and bringing that to the forefront of your consciousness, living as though it already exists? Do you view it as you're already holding it in your hand, or is it something that's always out there to be achieved, to be reached for, but but you don't own it now? Do you consciously give to others more than you take from them? Are you investing in other people's lives? You know that that's where true joy comes from. I'll tell you now that I've been in a practice of doing this for a while. When I don't do those things, I feel feel lost, empty, um, misguided, just off track. Now, the good part is once you've practiced this and you get in the flow of it, then it doesn't take very long to get back on track. So it can be a good long meditation. Or uh, for some, it might be taking a bath. I can't take a bath. I'm about six foot four and don't fit in the bathtub. But (laughs) you you, uh, you could take a bath. You can do yoga. You could put on Kelly Howell's audios. Now, there you can get hers from the uh, affiliate link on the website. So if you're interested in downloading some of Kelly's audios, then go to subconsciousmindmastery.com and click on the right-hand side there where you see Brain Sync. And those audios are wonderful for putting headphones on and just taking a 30-minute break with your eyes closed. But we all have these demands and pressures and obligations, at least everyone except my friend Arman Asadi. He's the guy that we interviewed back several podcasts ago, way back, uh, many podcasts ago. He's the guy that, that has the website whyileftgoogle.com. And Arman is right now in Santiago, Chile, and we're going to connect with him again. I wanted to get back in touch with him and see what he has going on. If you have subscribed to his newsletter and everything, you've been following his journey. But uh, he just has some – he's got it going on, and we're going to catch back up with him, hopefully. We're emailing back and forth and trying to get that set up, so I hope to have that for you soon. And I think that will be an inspiration as well of pursuing your own dream. That's what his whole message is about. Why he left Google, for gosh sakes. He left Google because his heart was pulling him in another direction, and he decided to follow his heart. And we'll check in and see how that's how that's been working for him. Now, there's one thing I wanted to, to give you here in this podcast, and I've been a little cautious with this, but how do you get in touch with your intuition? Well, again, we're all different, and different things work for different people. All I can tell you from my own personal experience is something, uh, a couple of techniques that I use. One that I use that works fairly well for me is guided writing. So I'll take out my journal and I will get quiet, sometimes headphones on, sometimes not, and I will tune in to, to my spirit. I will tune in and get connected. And if the connection is there, I'll proceed. If the connection is not there, and sometimes it's not, then, of course, I don't force it. But what I do then is I will write out a question or the issue that I'm dealing with, and I write it out myself. And then I just start to listen to what comes through, what, to, to listen to my spirit and just see what's present there. And for me, it usually comes 
in phrases, just uh, almost like keywords. And then the keywords get connected by sentences automatically. And so it's, I don't really, I'm not thinking. When that pen is moving, it's not me thinking. It's just connecting keywords, basically. And I'm just listening for what that next keyword phrase is. And, and automatically, the sentences just get connected. And at the end of that, I, I have a pretty good narrative. And usually, it's very good advice. Now, I don't, uh, I, I look for reconfirmations. I don't take any one thing as just mutually exclusive to itself as the way or the answer. I think that's incredibly dangerous. I think what you're looking for, you're looking for guidance and you're looking for direction and then you're looking for confirmation, multiple sources confirming the same thing. So if I'm writing and I get something, I don't immediately go act on it. I'm like, okay, I hear you. Thank you. Now let's go get some confirmations. That will show up other places if it's consistent, if that's the right thing for you. Some people, now look, some people are really good at just having that intuitive feeling. Some people can get a sense when they walk into a room or when somebody walks into a room. They can just get a buggy feeling right off the bat. I've had that happen. I I, I knew uh, early on uh, there was one particular situation that I should not have gotten myself involved in, and I knew it. And I went ahead and did it anyway. And and it cost me a lot. I mean, there was a grave consequence to that. So that's that just intuitive feeling where you just know right off the bat. That's another way that you can get in touch. There's a third way, and this is a way that um, Darren Weissman uses this uh, in his lifeline technique. And as a chiropractor, he knows the value of kinesiology. Now, that's muscle testing, basically. I first saw this demonstrated at a Tony Robbins conference where uh, he would have everybody stand up and you'd get a partner and you would put your arm out. And basically what you do is you think of something that is true and you have someone uh, put pressure on your arm. Like you're trying to hold your arm up horizontally and someone is trying to bend your arm down. And what you do is you focus on something that is true. Like you say, my name is Thomas. You know that's true. Or I'm in Dallas, Texas at this moment. Um, And you try to bend. You have somebody push your arm down, and it's really hard for them to do. But then you think of something that's not true, and you have them press on your arm, and it just almost goes right down to your side. That's one version of muscle testing. There are a couple of other variations of that. You can look these up online. I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to find, but... You can put your fingers together and try to separate your fingers. And there are a couple of other techniques that are also available. But one that that I found last year has worked really well for me. Now, this is, again, this is just a personal thing. You could try these different. That's the thing about this is experiment and be free and just see what works for you. There are no rules here. There is no one path. And that's what's really cool. But what this technique is, is you rub your fingers together. So your thumb and your forefinger, you rub your thumb and forefinger together. And if and you just ask, you ask yourself, I mean, we're dealing with your higher self here. And this is where it's just the subconscious mind never ceases to amaze me of how incredibly powerful it is. But what you do is you say, show me, show me the answer. Yes. And and make it smooth. So what I want yes to be is I want yes to be my hands are smooth. Now, this doesn't work if you're in a lot of humidity or if you've just been working out at the gym and your hands are sweaty or if you've just washed your hands or you just put lotion on your hands or if your subconscious mind isn't talking to you at that moment. So, again, this is all just play. It's something that you can use as a tool in your toolbox. But if you say, show me yes to be smooth, 
then you rub your hands together and basically your fingers will have no friction between them and they will move freely. And then you can say, show me no with tension, and all of a sudden your fingers get sticky. I think if you search on the internet, sticky finger test or something like that, you'll see um, some narrative on this or you'll see more explanation on it. But So basically, there's tension between your fingers when you're rubbing them together in that way. And sometimes, I'll tell you, this is this, sometimes it just doesn't work. And I, when it doesn't work, it's like, okay, not, to, not, not the best time to ask. It's like using a pendulum, too. Have you ever used a pendulum? where you ask it, show me yes, move it up and down, show me no, move side to side. And sometimes you'll hold that pendulum and you're holding it very, very still. And you say, show me yes, and it just doesn't move. It's time to set it down. It's not working for you at that moment. You're not in touch with whatever it is from your higher self, from your subconscious that's giving you that information. But for me, this little this uh, little finger thing works really well. So I'll ask yes and no questions, basically. And uh, and when it's working well, uh, I'll have very smooth fingers for yes and very sticky, uh, tacky fingers for no. And that is one technique that works well for me. So when I was in Houston asking about whether I should stay there, that's the technique that I used. And it just got very sticky fingers and it's like, okay, don't need to ask again. There's one other variety of this that you can do too, and this this is again just these are I just can't emphasize enough. Play with these and find what works for you. But you can stand perfectly still, and sometimes close your eyes. I when I'm doing this, when I I close my eyes, you can stand perfectly still. Show me yes, and your body will start to lean itself forward. And you again, you can't force yourself to do it. This is why the sticky fingers works for me better. Um, well, maybe a little better because um, it seems to be a little bit more impartial to me. But, you know, because it's easy to force yourself to lean forward, right? So it's like, am I going to inherit a million dollars in the next 90 days? And all of a sudden you fall forward on your face. I mean, that's not what we're talking about here. You get the distinction, right? But you can just very, very, very slightly and you'll you'll just feel the, the uh, direction of your body shift to move slightly forward. And then get a baseline show me no and then you can move, and your body will start to move itself backward and if that works for you then that's another excellent technique but these are all ways that your body knows in and of itself it knows what's best for you and this is what's so amazing and it's so exciting that your physiology knows what your highest intuition and highest self and highest calling is it's the conscious mind that doesn't know and then because the conscious mind doesn't know when you get the answer you want to argue with it yeah but remember we've talked about yeah but so many times yeah but i yeah but i want to stay in houston and then sit down there in a rainstorm all weekend because your highest self knows you know there have been studies that the subconscious mind can react to stimulus from outside stimulus about there's a half a second trigger where the subconscious mind knows something that is going to happen before it happens. I, they've picked these studies apart as ho- hocus pocus, but I mean, there's just too much that I've seen in my own life, too much observation, and I've heard too many other stories that to me confirms there is definitely an awareness and a knowledge that is an advance of our conscious mind. It's separate from our conscious mind, and it knows it before our conscious mind. We just have to dial the two in together and get them in sync. And that's what I've been talking about lately on these podcasts.
So the purpose of this podcast was basically to be a big encouragement to you to make sure that you're doing these things regularly, that you're not getting caught up in your head, that you're doing the opposite, that you're releasing your head. Get out of your mind and get into your heart. Get into your soul. Get into your inner being. It will guide you to the next step. Don't let the chaos around you keep you from living where it really matters. Be a creator and follow the three things that we're talking about for this year. They are really working. Intention. State your intention before everything you do. Follow your intuition and lay down that resistance. If you do those three things, and you'll be ahead of the reactionary game in most areas of your life. All right. Until next time, live from your intuition. Thank you for listening to Subconscious Mind Mastery. I'm Thomas Miller. Enjoy the journey. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.